Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's good to have you here this morning. Good to see all of you. Uh, a couple things going on. I need to get out of the way first off. Uh, Jay, girl, we had the memorial service for her yesterday. Got a phone call this morning at 1.30 that her two kids, the two kids that were here yesterday, one from California, one from Houston, their father passed away at 1.30 this morning. So they're not doing real well this morning. And then uh, Michelle, Brian, and Katie's mom, their grandmother was diagnosed over the weekend sometime or another, uh, stage four kidney failure. Is that right, Katie? So keep that family in your prayers, too. There's a lot of stuff going on, guys. I don't understand it. I mean, look around us. We're down today. You know, I don't know what's, I don't know what is going on other than God is really just trying to destroy us. And I'm, that's the only thing I can come up with. He's trying to destroy Christian people, trying to keep our faith down, trying to keep us from moving forward. God's not. I'm sorry. I'm, like I say, God, I'm just, I told Michael a while ago, I'm just stressed out. I'm, I'm belittered. I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do other than we need to turn our faith back to God where it belongs. And we need to really tap into our strength of God to encourage our friends and our family and the people that we're around, things have got to change. The devil is winning right now. And I don't believe that that's supposed to be. So how do we encourage each other and how do we lift each other up and how do we make things happen where Satan is not going to win this battle? Okay, I agree with you. We got to get our spirits all on the same page again. We got to stop bickering. We got to stop all this stuff and start standing up for God. This morning on the way in, I was given a, a scripture, and I'm going to preach on it today. But it's a, uh, it's going to be a good thing because we've got to build this church back up. We've got to build our relationship back with God, and we've got to get people to understand that God is in charge, not us. It's his world, not ours. So let's keep that in our prayers. Let's be praying for our other church members. Let's be praying for our family members, our friends, the people that we need to be lifting up. Because like Milford said, it is a spiritual battle. And if our spirits aren't strong, we're going to lose. The Bible tells us that. We have to encourage ourselves. We have to build our spirit walk up to where we face the demons and we face the, the trials and the tribulations that come against us. And I'm probably talking more this morning about the stuff than I have in a long time about that. But it's time for us as a church. And that's everybody, not just biker church. First Baptist Church, Methodist Church, Pentecostal Church. It's time for the church to stand up and say, no more. We want our world back. Period. We want our God to give us back our place. 
In order to do that, we have to be obedient to his word. And obedience to God is to worship him, praise him, lift him up, celebrate him, and make things better in our world through our prayers and through our lives that we live every day. It's hard to do, isn't it? It's hard to be encouraged when things are going wrong. But just tap into what you have. Let the Holy Spirit come in you and bring that everlasting joy that comes from being a Christian. Being saved by the blood of Jesus. You inherited a thing called joy. It's time to put away all the anger. It's time to put away all the frustration. It's time to put away all the hurt. And tap into what God has for us. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time we have together this morning. I ask that you just open doors that I can't see. Open windows. Pour out the blessings from heaven on this earth. Touch people's lives today in a way that is ununderstandable to us. But through the Spirit, it is very understandable. Move on us. Keep us strong and keep us faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Bar plays a couple. I want to open in a word of prayer again. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the time we have here to read your word. Father, I ask that you just enlighten us and you teach us and you bring us to a place where we need to be. Watch over us. Guide us and direct us in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Go to Acts 15. In Acts, it's talking about a lot of stuff about God coming back, God bringing his peace to us, God giving us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us and to watch over us. I want to go to verse 13. And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simon had declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to disagree the word after the prophets was written, after this I will return and I will build again my tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord, all Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. Is that a promise? Is that a promise from God? He's looking at these people and he's seeing the despair and the agony that they're in and all the, the troubles that are going on around them. And he's reminding us that not only were the Jews the chosen, but he also went to the Gentiles to bring them into the kingdom of God, which is us. He brought us all the opportunity to come into the kingdom of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, did these people have everything going their way? Evidently not. Things were falling apart all around them. 
everything seemed to be turmoil. But he encouraged them through the Word of God that he was still God. And he encouraged them to do something that's remarkable and that still applies today. He said, seek God. Seek the leadership of God. How important is it for us to understand who God is? God is the creator of all things. God did not make garbage. Y'all hear me? God did not make garbage. He made goodness. Everything that he touched, he said, and this is good. When he created light, what did he say? This is good. When he separated the light from the darkness, what did he say? This is good. Everything he made was good. When he made man, did he make man to be a weak, sniveling creature? No, he made man to, to rule over the world, the animals, the birds, the trees. He put us in charge of all of it. And he created us not to be weak. He created us in his image. What is his image? He is the creator of all things, and he is powerful, and he is strong, and he is willing, and he is loving, and he is kind, and he's caring, but he's also very disciplined. He created us that way. Why would he create us to be that strong and not expect us to be strong? Another verse in the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can I get through this world? Through Christ I can. Can I win battles that don't look like I can win? Through Christ I can. Illnesses, sicknesses, financial trouble, everything that we go through, everything that we go through, if we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, what's going to happen? Did y'all read the last story? The last story in the Bible tells me that we win. But what do we got to go through to win? Why do we have to go through that? Why do we have to be defeated? We're not defeated unless we allow ourselves to be defeated by rejecting what God said. God said tap into Him, call on His name. Do things through Him, not through ourselves. But what do we do? What do we really do? I know we have a spiritual strength that's unbelievable, but what do we actually do in life? We turn back to what we were before we got saved. We turn back into the flesh of our things, and we look at it through human eyes, and we look at it through sacrificial eyes. We look at it through turmoil. We, we listen to other people tell us, how bad it is. Oh, we're not even going to get into those pity parties because we do that a lot, don't we? Yep. We think we're all that in a bag of chips and we really ain't. We have to depend on God. Why do we have to depend on God? I mean, really, why do we have to depend on God? 
There's a simple answer to it. He created us. He said so. He is the boss. He is in charge. He's the one that determines everything. What do we own on this planet? Nothing. Nothing on this world belongs to us. Because we are part. Ooh, y'all ready for this? We are part of the creation. We're not the creators. The Old Testament guys, the old demons and the old people back in the old days, they used to take gold and silver and rock and all this stuff, and they would form these gods. They would make a god. They would make a god to worship. Makes total sense, don't it? I'm going to go make this humongous cow, put gold horns on it, put it on a pedestal, and sacrifice a virgin to it, and I'm going to that's going to become my God. Who created that? Man did. Man created it. It's backwards. God created us. We didn't create gods. So who is the one true God? God. And how should we worship Him? With total commitment. Praise, reverence, all those things. Total commitment is the word that we need to use. Do I need to trust Him when it feels good? And when it don't? But do I need to trust myself to make those decisions? I need to put my faith in Christ. Why should I put my faith in Christ? Come on. Why should I really put my faith in Christ? Well, God created us. But what did Jesus do for us? He died for us. He, he built the bridge that was destroyed by disobedience in the first place. There was a bond between God and man until the law was broken. Once the law was broken, there was a separation. That separation separated everybody from God. Jew, Gentile, Sumerian, all of us were separated from God because of the sin of man. Now, y'all know the story, right? God sent His Son to redeem us back into the kingdom of God. Through faith in Christ, we are allowed, we are allowed to come back and talk to God. We can stand before God if we accept Christ. That's hard to believe, ain't it? Nobody can tell me what to do. Nobody can tell me how I'm supposed to worship. Nobody can tell me what I'm supposed to believe. Let me tell you a secret, people. God has every right to tell you anything He wants to tell you. He has a right to take you out anytime he gets ready. He has a right to bless you. He has a right to curse you. He has all the rights in the world because he is the creator of all life. He gave us some rules to follow. We don't like the rules, do we? We don't like the rules. It's flesh. We don't like the rules. But once I accept Christ... What do those rules need to become? My guidelines to how I live for God. Why did God write us a Bible? 
Guidelines. Basic instruction manual before leaving earth. It's the book that we're supposed to follow. It's the rules that we're supposed to follow. It's everything we need to know how to please God. But the most important thing in our lives is this one thing. Our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I didn't say the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I didn't say knowing about him. I didn't say mocking him or following him. I said a relationship with him. How do you build a relationship? Through mutual communication. Through mutual respect, mutual love. Putting time into it. Well, the obedience part, that's kind of iffy. Right? That obedience part's kind of iffy. It's hard sometimes for us to be obedient because it don't feel good sometimes. It ain't really what we want to do. If we could live by the law and do it without breaking the law and do it without questioning the law or it was simple to do, we wouldn't have needed Christ to die for us, would we? The law was written for a good reason. But something happened to the law. Something about God's law. Something happened to it. Satan came into it and corrupted it. The law was corrupted by Satan, by sin. So how do we get around the law? Say it again, Tony, loud. Christ. Christ. We accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we turn our lives over to Him. And we put away our foolishness. We put away our greed, our sexuality, our meanness. All the things that we as flesh have, we put all that away and turn it over to Christ. And if we don't do that, we're not going to get very far. We're not going to receive what we need to receive. Christ knew we had to have something else in our lives. Something else to make us understand, make us seek, make us want the knowledge of what we need to do. And he knew that he wasn't going to be walking around on the earth with us at that point. So what did he do? At the beginning of Acts, it tells us that he told the disciples to go into the upper room and stay there and pray and pray and pray and pray and stay there until the Holy Spirit comes. Why did he tell them to do that? They weren't physically, mentally, or spiritually prepared to go out and face the world by themselves. They proved that the night he was crucified. They scattered all over the place. They even didn't, one of them even denied him three times. They would not come together with him until they saw him again and he told them to go into the room and stay there until the Spirit came. Why is it so important that we have the Holy Spirit in our life? 
can y'all can y'all put some words to that? Because it's God within us. It's God in us, teaching us what He wants us to learn, leading us through the troubles and the trials and the tribulations that we go through. That's another key word. Because when we get down and out, because we're not fulfilling everything we're supposed to do, what's the first thing we do? Oh, God, help me. I can't do this no more. And then we have to turn to the Holy Spirit, give me strength. Lift me up. Show me what I need to be doing. Lead me where I need to go. Take me out of this situation and give me the answers I'm seeking. Where do we find those answers? The basic book of instructions before leaving earth, right? Who leads us to the Bible? Holy Spirit. Who leads us into prayer? Who do we need to pray to? We need to pray to Jesus, don't we? Because he said all things... You can do all things through Christ. We need to tap into Christ all the time. Amen. Every minute of our lives, we should be focusing on that question that was asked about 20 years ago. And it's still a question today. What would Jesus do? Come on. What would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus handle this? First thing Christ always did, and this is something Christ always did. Tony, you've done some Bible studies on it. You've done some studies on it. What's the first thing Christ did in every situation? He prayed to his Father for guidance. When you're turned upside down and your world's falling apart around you, what should you do? You get on your knees and ask Jesus to lead you through it. Get the Holy Spirit involved. Get the trifecta going. Get the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working together. If those three things are working in your life, what can happen to you? You're not going to be down. You're not going to be depressed. You're not going to be hurt. You're not going to be lonely. You're not going to be sick. You're not going to be any of that stuff. Because God said so. God said so. But in our flesh, what do we tend to do? Wah. Pity parties. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm scared of this. I'm scared of that. I can't do this. And when you stand up and say, I can't do this, to me, what you're doing is saying, God, you just lied. Because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I can do all things through Him according to the Word of God, what is it that I can't do? Nothing. I have the ability to succeed through Christ. With the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I can't fail. Until I put me before God. I put me in the way of God. I get in his way and I stand back out of the, I stand in the, pro, in the middle of the process and cry and complain and gripe and want everything to be done. But yet I'm right in the middle of it. I'm right in the turmoil of it all. And I'm blocking everything God's trying to do because, boy, I won't surrender who I am. I'm not God. 
I'm the creation. And I have to be obedient to my master. Oh, guys, don't get me started on that stuff about that. Slaves never had a choice of what they did, did they? The master was in charge. In our lives, who needs to be in charge? God. Period. Who's the boss? God. That's plain and simple, isn't it? God is in charge. He is the boss. He is the the head honcho. And if we learn to serve him that way, how much better will our life be? What can we have in our lives? Everything, anything we desire. Anything. Now, does that mean that you can ask for a Cadillac and you're going to get it tomorrow? Probably not. Unless you've got a good job, a good bank account, and good credit, you're not going to get a Cadillac, okay? But he might give you a Chevrolet, or he might provide you a moped. Don't start that stuff in here. You, you're getting the point here? It's not about so much about what we want. It's about what we need. You know, I've told you all time and time again, I want to be seven foot tall, dark haired, and blue eyed, right? It ain't going to happen, so I'm not going to ask God for that. Probably not even in the next life because he's going to say, you've been short this long, you're going to stay short this much longer. But you know what? It doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter that I have blue jeans and a T-shirt on, long hair and tattoos. He don't care. What he wants to see and what he wants to know is what's in here. What's in here? What's this look like? Is this full with trash and garbage? Or is it washed clean by the blood of Jesus? That's the key, isn't it? What about this up here? How bad is this? How bad can this get? I truly believe there would be no, no problems if we could get this and this lined up. We get God living in here and line this up with this. Problems are solved. Because if this and this works together, what's going to come out of here? Goodness, praise, worship, love, caring. How many times do we question that? How many times do we wonder about that when we're sitting there talking about stuff and doing things we ain't supposed to be doing. You know, he says, he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Can I tell you something? If you don't love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, how are you going to love yourself? Good question, right? Do you really love yourself if you don't love God? I don't think you're capable of it. I think you have to have that relationship with God in, in order to understand what true love really is. A family that has God in their house has a better family. Uh, and that's just fact, guys. Now, does that make every family that has God perfect? No. 
But they got a better chance of making it than somebody that don't have any God at all. If you ain't got God living in your house, who's going to be the dominator? The devil. Because you're not going to dominate your own house if you got if God's in there. God's the dominator. God should be your guideline. God should be your purpose. God should be your example of how to live. Where do I get the information from? How do I know what God stands for? How do I know what Jesus wants me to do? How do I know what the Holy Spirit is telling me? I've got to have the basic instructions, and then I've got to do something that's really unique. Y'all ready for this? Here's the part that everybody seems to leave out of the equation. You ready? I have to submit myself to serve my God. I have to submit myself to be obedient to the Word of God. I have to be submissive. Oh, that's not a good word for a lot of people, ain't it? Everybody wants to be the dominator. Nobody wants to be submissive. I can tell you how it's going to turn out for you. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be tired. And you're not going to be successful. God is your success. Turn your life over to Christ. Live the way God called you to live. Live the purpose that he created you for. Do you really know what you were created to do? There's one thing that every one of us in this room was created to do. Love God. Fellowship with God. Be with God. Trust God. Love God. All the words that we can put in there. There's a thousand things that we can say about what we're supposed to do. But reality is, it starts with the number one thing. If you look at the commandments he wrote, what was the number one commandment he wrote? Put no other guy before him. Put nothing else before him. Oh, but what about my kids? Or what about my job? Or what about my, my fancy car? I, even What about my motorcycle? Nothing goes before God in your life. Oh, but I love my wife so much, I want her to be first. No. God's first. God is first. And then, well, I want to be number one. I want to be number one. I'm second, people. That's another one of those old billboards that should still be around. It says, I am second. God's first. There's a lot of old stuff that was going on in the 70s, 80s, and 90s that we need to bring back in the 2000s. There was a question asked on Facebook, what does teenagers really need? You would be shocked if you read some of the comments that people were writing in there about what teenagers need. The one thing that every teenager in America needs today is a God-fearing family that serves God and loves God and teaches them to do the same thing. You teach your kids, right? Ooh, listen to me. You teach your kids to do right? Even if they turn away from their teaching, they're coming back to it. Kids need to be taught discipline through Christ. Oh, then there was people on there that said they need beaten, and they need this, and they need 
one person even said they need more more time on the internet to spend learning about stuff. No. I think they ought to take the internet, and y'all can get mad at me if you want to. There's a lot of y'all in here make your living on the internet, and that's great. I love that. But I think they ought to take the internet and shut it down. Shut it down and go back to families on the front porch. Neighbors getting together and meeting each other in the, on the, in the yard and talking. Christian people, instead of getting to church at 10, 10.30 when the service starts at 10.30, get here a little bit early, spend some time talking to each other. And then when church is over, here's a concept for y'all. Don't run out the door so fast you knock people down trying to get away from them. Spend some time in fellowship with each other. There you go. There you go right there. And where does the want to come from? A relationship with Christ and God. If you don't have that relationship with Him, you're going to be looking to that... Mm -hmm. You're going to be getting on that internet and looking at things you don't need to be looking at, trying to fill a hole that you don't need to fill. You know, alcoholism. What's it? What causes alcoholism? 90% of the time, what causes alcoholism? Depression. Loneliness. Emptiness. If you're walking in the presence of God and you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're living the way God told you to, when do you have time to be depressed? <laughs> Come on. There ain't no time for it. If you're really doing what God called you to do, if you're raising if you're raising Christ up every minute of your day, how long how much time do you have to raise Satan up? None. You gotta get to this point, people. We we look around our world and we see all this turmoil. And yes, I believe we need to be prepared for stuff. I really do believe we need to be prepared for the Taliban. We need to be prepared for ISIS. We need to be prepared for destruction to come. But you know where I get my strength and how I understand that I can defeat that stuff? It's through the Word of God and through trusting Jesus to take care of me. I don't need to stockpile. I got to pile. His name is Jesus. They put Him on a pile of rocks and on a cross and hung Him. He died. They put Him in a tomb and rolled a stone in front of Him. What happened to the stone? Got rolled away. And he walked out of the tomb of Victor. Is that just for him? Who else is it for? It's for you and me and all of us. We can all walk out of that death tomb of Victor. But we have to find out who the leader is. We got to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to get us through it. And I know I'm being a little stubborn today, and I'm being a little hard-headed today, and I'm probably being a little bit politically incorrect. But I've never been accused of being politically incorrect anyway, so, you know, that's just the way it is. I'm not out here trying to win friendships and popularity contests today. I'm out here trying to tell you how we get our country back. I'm trying to tell you how we get our churches filled back up. I'm here to tell you how we get our lives filled back up with God. And it's through commitment, through discipline, through leadership, through people that really trust God, telling other people how to live for God. Who among you 
are willing to do that? Who among you are really willing to stand up for God and say, this is what you need to do? Let's do it. Let's do it on a daily basis. Oh, but Jeff, if I mention God at work, I might get fired. Got to find you another job. Got to give you something else to do. If you're working for a company that don't believe in God, you probably don't need to be there anyway. I didn't say that out loud. I'm sorry, God. <laughs> yes, I did. I meant every word of it. If you live in a house that God ain't there, the next thing you need to purchase or the next thing you need to buy is God. You need to pay the price and get him in there. <laughs> Charlie said it right. We've already been paid for. So all we got to do is open the door and say, come on in. That's all you got to do. How does our lives get better? Through Christ who strengthens us. How do we find out how to get there? By hearing the word. It says faith comes from hearing the what? And who's supposed to spread the word? And if we don't spread the word, can they not hear it? No. So is it important for us to do what Christ called us to do? Then why don't we do it? Why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we spreading the word of God more? Why are we standing up? Ooh, I ain't talking to you guys in here because y'all are here. Why are we hiding behind the doors and hiding behind closets and hiding in cars and hiding behind little cardboard paper masks and saying, oh, I'm so scared. Stand up in faith. Politically incorrect. Yes, I am politically incorrect. I don't believe in that stuff. I believe that I can trust God to keep me healed, keep me well. Now, is there times when I have to wear a mask? If I want to get my contacts, i got to put a mask on. If there's time I want to go buy groceries, sometimes I have to put a mask on. Does that mean I don't trust God? No. I'm going to tell you something about that little paper mask you wear. It's about as useless I gotta be good. <laughs> it's good right there. It's useless. Y'all get y'all get y'all get that little redneck country boy coming out of me. Sometimes I come up with those old quotes that I don't need to be coming up with. So put the put the blank wherever you want to, okay? If there's a time and a place for anything, right now is the time. Right now is the place. That we need to find out who God is. We need to do what this man in his Bible said. Turn to God. Forget about what you heard. Forget about what you see. Forget about what you think. Because how many times y'all heard me say this? It ain't about you, boo-boo. It's about God. So look at the world we're in. What's wrong with the world we live in? Ain't enough God in it. Ain't enough godly people doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, our job is not to take our blessing, put it under a bushel. Charlie hates that song. <laughs> but don't put our light underneath a basket. There should not be a basket big enough to contain the light of your life coming out with Jesus in it. You shouldn't be able to hide it in a truck, more or less a basket. It's time, folks. This is the day 
to turn back to God. Not tomorrow. Not when it feels good. Not next week. Right now. You want revival? Get revived. Get revived if you want revival. Where does revival start? In me. Oh, yeah. It starts in me, don't it? My acceptance of Christ. Y'all remember when you got saved? You remember that first week that you were saved? Was there anybody was there anybody that didn't hear about Jesus that week that you came in contact with? You know what they call that? It's being on fire for God. It's having a light inside of you that just burst out of you. The joy of God was just pouring out of your mouth. It poured out of your life. Everything you did was, man, you should have been there that night. I was sitting there talking to God and and you just go off onto a tangent about it. A couple of months later, a couple of years later, you're, yeah, I got saved. And, you know, I go to that church up there in Wiley, that biker church. It's a pretty cool place to go. You won't come go with me? Uh, you probably don't. That's all right. No, I understand. Come on. <laughs> well, you know what, little baby girl? You just keep singing out in that wilderness because they may not respond today, but there's going to be a time when them folks start realizing there's something weird about that little Katie girl. She's, she's always happy. She's always got a smile on her face. She's always sharing God. She's always, she's never in a bad mood. She doesn't get down when things are really bad. I want a dose of what she's got. It's called young and. <laughs> Well, <laughs> but this, the Spirit of God can work in a young girl just as good as they can in an old man. Ain't that right, Milford? God can work in old people, can't he? Look at Les back there. I mean, he's, you know. God can work in anybody that will allow God to work in them. You want some Jesus this morning? You want a little bit of Jesus to get on you this morning? Bow your head and close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, God, send the Holy Spirit in here today to knock people in their heads. Don't just tap them on the shoulder. Pop them in the head. Make them realize that you are the God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And we can do all things through Him that strengthens us. We have the ability and the power of doing what is right if we just allow ourselves to fall to our knees. And praise God and lift Him up and ask Jesus into our lives. If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. It's time for you to say, I need to meet that man. I need to surrender my life to Christ. If you already surrendered your life to Christ and you've been washed in the blood and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you just kind of lost your zeal, you kind of lost your heart, because of things that are going on in this world and things that you see that just keep nagging at you and tearing you down. Ask Jesus to come back into your life. Ask Him to lift you up. You see, He's right there. He's ready and willing. It's about you this time. Where is your heart at? 
Do you have the love of God in you that burns so deep and so strong that you can't contain it? Or you just got a little bit little candle fire down there that the devil can go and blow it out. <laughs> you know, we need a blaze. Texas is famous for bonfires. Let's build some bonfires in our churches. Let's build some bonfires in our spirits. Let's get God back where He's supposed to be. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You need a shot at Jesus this morning? Get up out of your chair and come on up here to these altars and get a dose. It's open to you right now. The pharmacy is open. Come on. Come and get a shot at Jesus. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, wherever you are in this world, and I do mean in this world, wherever you are, whatever time of the day it is, whatever time of the night it is, whatever country you're in, go to your knee, bow before the Lord and ask Jesus into your life. And accept Him as your Lord and Savior. And if you've been saved, and your men be pamby, and you're walking around going, oh, go, go, no, bubble. Get on your face and call on Jesus' name and let the Holy Spirit just come and just kick you right square in the buttocks because that's what you need. You sure need a good kick from Jesus this morning, don't you? We need to kickstart Christianity again. We need to kickstart people into loving God. So let's do it. Y'all ready? In the name of Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, bless this church, bless this state, bless this city, bless this nation, bless this world. Let us turn from our evil, wicked ways and pray to God and let you hear our voices praying out to you. And you will hear us and answer us and heal our land. You will also heal our families. You will also heal our hearts. You will heal our illnesses. You will heal all the things that are wrong in our lives if we just turn it over to you and trust you with it. I commit myself today to doing better. In the name of Jesus. Everybody that agrees said, Amen. Les, you got something for me this morning? I know you do. Yes, I do. I don't know what we're going to do with this retro preacher, but what he's doing gets us if you keep God first. He will open doors that nobody can open. He closed doors too that nobody can close. So stay close to God. Without God, we're nothing. Mama knows, retro, let's go get done, Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.